Hear me do an impression of somebody. You tell me who it is. You want to do a daily Blue Jays podcast? We'll just do it every day. Is that supposed to be me? Yeah. Yeah, that's you. (laughs) You liked it. (laughs) I didn't think it would last this long. All right, everybody, good morning. It's Wednesday, uh, September the 30th, the year is 2020. This is Underdogs. My name is Jacob Eamon. This is David Patrick Fleming with you. Uh, It's 9.56 in the morning for us right now. We're tired. We're beleaguered. We've been beat down by the Rays, outlasted by their bullpen and their terrific starter, Blake Snell. But the hope is not gone. Tonight we have our man, Hunjin Ryu, on the mound. We are going against some stupid kid named Tyler Glasnow. What kind of name is that? Why is he so young? Why does he throw so hard? It doesn't matter. Because we, 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 we live to fight another day. It's do or die day. We're going to get into everything that happened last night, everything that you're pissed off about. And then some. How how are you feeling this morning, David? I have to admit this. I am not ready for the season to end. I, I think I'm not even aware of how much it's meant to me to have baseball, to be doing this. And I'm not ready to say goodbye to it. I'm not ready for that to shift. I'm not ready to not see the Blue Jays play a game every night. So I'm keeping that hope. Yeah. But this is do or die. This is a big, obviously, this is a very, very big game, and they got to come through. I'm not going home yet. We ain't no. stopping yet. No, it, I, and I don't think we're going to have to, regardless when this season ends. It is going to feel too soon. It was only 60 games. It's not what we're used to feeling with baseball. I want to be exhausted at baseball entirely. I want to never see it again by the time a season ends. <laughs> I want to have gone through a phase in the middle of the season where I'm sick of it and I start watching basketball or something for for a well, while. I guess there's no basketball at that point where I start I start watching like a season of Survivor instead of a Blue Jays <laughs> game or <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I'm sick of baseball for a bit and then I come back to it and the playoffs are exciting. This was it was all it was all still good. It was all still, it's too soon. Like whether It's like a good relationship that you just had hope in and that you, you thought they felt the same way about you and then it just ends and you're like, what? No, no, but what? All those moments and those promises we made and come on, Blue Jays, we can yeah. work through this. Let's go. Yes. So last night in game one of the playoffs, may I remind you that we're in the playoffs, everybody. We're in the playoffs before we expected to be. So even though it's it may be gone too soon, regardless of when we go out, let's enjoy that we are here. This is exciting. David and I, we, I set up my backyard yesterday. I got my big screen, my huge TV in the backyard. We had lawn chairs going. We had beers going. We had neighbors around looking in through the fence, not sure how they feel, felt about it. It was playoffs. It was exciting. And even though there were no fans there, they, I mean, they pumped up the crowd noise in Tropicana louder than it's ever been before. 
yeah. <laughs> a lot louder than when people are there. Like, that's what I, that's what never I mean. Never been any noise like that in that stadium ever. No, I don't think so. I, I've never heard that. So the Blue Jays lost to the Tampa Bay Rays three to one. We go down zero and one in the series. Um, Tyler, uh, not Tyler, <laughs> Blake Snell um, dominated us last yeah. night. That was the Blake Snell you didn't want to see, and you could see it right away from the first inning, and it was like, uh-oh. Yeah, that's 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 your good old Cy Young-looking Blake Snell from two years ago that we said we weren't afraid of, but um, everyone should be afraid of him. Um, but to some extent, yes, he was amazing, but the Blue Jays need to hit better than that. Don't they? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. He's throwing so goddamn hard, and he's mixing it with this off-speed stuff. Yes, there's some mistakes that he made over the middle of the plate that they didn't capitalize on, and they were, you know, no hit for a, a good portion of that game. It's tough, man. He's a tough, tough pitcher, and and I don't know. It, it It's their bullpen's nasty as shit, too. It's... It just there's no relief. There's no yeah. relief in a game like that. Like where there's nobody that didn't come into that game who wasn't throwing upper nineties and coming right at them. Yeah. Just a lot of strikeouts though. We gotta figure out a way to put the ball in play. And especially tonight, you know, similar similar action. Maybe it's gonna I mean I was gonna say it'll help that it's uh, right-handed Tyler Glass now, but we're a predominantly right-handed lineup. We should be doing better against a left-hander. Um, Biggio had a really tough night, really tough, tough go with the, with the lefty lefty matchup, three strikeouts. That's unusual for him. He didn't get a walk last night. He did, he did get a hit. So there's that. Um, the, the Blue Jays actually out hit the Rays last night, which is almost a weird thing to say, but the Rays only have four hits, three runs on four hits. Jays had five hits. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're gonna we gotta get into what everyone has been talking about, what everyone's upset about. Twitter and Blue Jays fans uh, alike were set ablaze, all anew. They weren't happy. Shoemaker was starting over Walker before last night in Game One. Now they they weren't happy when Shoemaker was taken out too early, gave way to Robbie Ray. Even though between them. Uh, they put down six innings of one-run baseball, which is more than enough from those two, more than enough from anyone. Maybe not more than enough. I mean, maybe there's someone out there that you want zero. That's that's what you get with Blake Snell, I guess, sometimes. But the question for me that I started to thinking, think about because, you know, I was I was in favor of the move. I, while it was happening, I didn't – I thought, you know, maybe they could let Shoemaker go another inning, but – you know, they took him out before it was too late. That's the that's the thing. Maybe it would have been too late. We don't know. Obviously, he looked great, so you can say that this would have happened, this would have happened. But the question for me becomes, if they did let Shoemaker go four, would and, and all the rest of the same things happen? Ray comes in, he lets in the one run. The question for me is, would they have still gone to, to A.J. Cole in the eighth over whoever else because you know uh then they're only needing to cover the eighth and the ninth if 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 uh shoemaker goes four and then ray goes three 
here we are. We got to cover the eighth and the ninth. Is it still Cole's game? And then if not, maybe Cole doesn't give up that homer to a guy that doesn't hit homers. And maybe it's a one nothing ball game and then it turns to a 1-1 ball game and then it's a it's it's a completely different story so that's 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 my only question for how that pitching change may have worked out it's really tough for me i i didn't in the moment agree with the move because shoemaker had gone through three innings he had thrown 35 pitches so for sure it's not a pitch count thing uh, it's some sort of analytical thing that they predetermined before Shoemaker even goes out there that we're going to do this and this and this. If this happens, whatever, we're not privy to what those things are that they're they're using, those formulas that they're crunching behind the scenes of how they make these sort of decisions. But as you're saying, if Shoemaker goes out there and throws four, then you lengthen the game. You don't have to go to A.J. Cole. Now, AJ but maybe Cole's they were going been, to anyway. Maybe, but AJ Cole's been pretty effective, and it's not to say that even if maybe you put in Anthony Bass or something that uh, you know he wasn't going to let up the home run. It's totally possible. You know these things happen. Yep. No, Margot's not a home run hitter, but boom, there it goes. Gone three three runs. Um, it it's just more so for me. Like when I watch the the post game interviews and I see Montoyo kind of sidestepping around the question of why he took out Shoemaker saying it was a predetermined thing. He was maybe only going to go two innings, but then because he was pitching so well, they decided to leave him for three innings. And they said that Shoemaker definitely knew that going into the game and Shoemaker is going to be here in a minute. You can ask him. And then when Shoemaker sits down, he's kind of like, I didn't really know that. I thought that maybe I'd have the chance to go four or five innings. It wasn't really made that clear to me. So in a way, that they kind of both threw each other under the bus. And so I just want transparency. I just want to know what it is. And maybe it's a competitive disadvantage to let us know exactly what it is, to let the other team know what it is. I have no idea. But it just doesn't sit well when you feel like you're being uh, held behind the curtains and you don't really get to know. Well, I, I, I disagree with you there because I think it was pretty transparent. Maybe it wasn't transparent between the two of them. And maybe maybe the competitiveness in Shoemaker makes him feel like I'm going to earn getting to go past what it is that they told me. But it seemed pretty clear to me that Charlie told us the plan was Shoemaker goes through the lineup once. His numbers go down. It's the same thing. It's like with, with a built-up starter, we know that the numbers go down after uh, the second time through the order. When they do the third time through the order, the numbers are worse. And so when they're looking at him, they say he's not built up. They say, okay... When, when he goes through the second time, the order is also worse. So I'm going to let him go through the lineup once. Maybe that's going to take, maybe that's going to need to go to the fourth. Maybe he's going to let up a couple of hits and it's going to extend his outing, but he's going to go through uh, the lineup once. Maybe it's going to take one inning. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? But then he says, okay, we actually did let him go a bit longer because, uh, he was pitching so well, his pitch count was so low, so we let him take the top of the lineup, and then we brought Robbie Ray in because we wanted to. they needed to bring Robbie Ray in in a clean inning, and they gave Robbie Ray a chance to have even better chance to succeed by not coming in with the top of the, of the Rays lineup. So I feel like it worked to exactly how they wanted to execute it, and 
then some. They got even more out of it than they wanted. One of the things I thought when they made the move was, uh, is there a potential that if they can get this kind of efficiency out of Shoemaker in three innings at 35 pitches, is there a potential that you see him in a game three? You know, everything's on the line. And, and is it possible for him to give a couple innings maybe in a game three? That's another thing that I thought. And I, I don't know. I have no idea if that's possible, if it's even good for Shoemaker recovering from an injury to just pitch again on one day rest. But I don't, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I think I think game three, you know, we've all watched enough playoff baseball. We know what happens in elimination games. You know, I, I, I would be shocked if it's a close game and we need a, an inning or a two innings from someone or if Taiwan Walker gets knocked out in the second or something, he's down two runs, his pitch count is up. Shoemaker will go out there again. I, I have no doubt, you know, he, that would be when he's lined up to maybe throw a bullpen. I guess he's going to have, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's a day of rest for sure today, even with, with. I don't know. I just think I think he's willing to do it, and I'm sure he would if he was asked. I don't know if if the the Jays would go there, but we don't know what's going to happen tonight with the bullpen or or how thin or how rested everyone's going to be. I mean, I, if it's an elimination game anyway tonight, if 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 Ryu gets kind of banged around, like, is there a possibility you see Taiwan Walker come into this game tonight? Yeah, I would think so. I would think so too. What are you saving him for? Well. For tomorrow, I guess. But if there is no tomorrow, I mean, you figure it out in a game three. You just figure it out. You got to get, gotta get there, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, let's talk a little bit about the bats. I've got a question for you. Um, I've been thinking about next next season. Do the Jays need to to complement Dante Bichette hitting Whisperer with someone else, someone new to give or maybe give back a bigger voice to Guillermo Martinez? It's hard for me not to connect the philosophy of Bo Bichette hitting Whisperer and the letting the ball travel to the Blue Jays' immense struggle with high-velocity fastballs because the, 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 the ball, they're letting it travel right past them and, and, and into, the, into the leather. I mean, it does seem like they have this approach, a lot of them, where they're looking for off-speed, which, you know, you can surprise some teams at a certain point in the season, and that's all going to work fine because it's maybe not typical, and um, people are they are going to crush your off-speed pitchers, but then all of a sudden you run into a team like the Rays who have got Blake Snell who's throwing 97, Tyler Glasnell is throwing 100. Um, you're going to get exposed if you're looking for off-speed. You've, you've got to be able to handle fastballs, especially when you're 21, 22, 24, mm -hmm. 27. You should have the best bat speed you're ever going to have, and you should be able to handle the heat. Yes. Well, and, and then I, you, know, you kind of think of, in some ways it makes sense, when Dante Bichette is playing and mashing for the Colorado Rockies, He's not. He's not going up regular for an entire game against dudes who throw between ninety six and a hundred, which is what they experienced last night. You know, there wasn't one ninety or ninety one fastball that was thrown at them. Yeah, but to be fair, Dante Bichette's been a coach and a hitting instructor and whatnot for you know years and well into the modern age of baseball and you know with the Rockies and now with the Blue Jays. It's not like I can't imagine that he's bringing 
you know, mid nineties philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a part of that. You can't, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but maybe there's also the part of the, like, it's difficult to, you know, you kind of have your philosophy, but then you also have an ability and talent like he did. And like his son does where you can be able to have that whole philosophy of letting the ball travel, but you also possess elite bat speed and a knowledge of the game to be able to get to the heaters like his son Boba can usually yeah I, it, it's hard to know it, it it really is and I don't think that everybody on the team is necessarily following the same philosophy but it does seem and from what we've heard that they're hunting off speed and I just don't I think you can get so exposed if you're just always hunting off speed in a era of baseball where seeing 98 is very very common and in this right. series it's going to be a daily occurrence right well i guess and i guess to someone like we can look at, at at teoscar hernandez he has apparently gotten on with the uh, dante bichette as well but he does the most damage off fastballs he does hunt fastballs and maybe isn't quite at this at the bat speed or the recognition of pitches that he was before he's injured. So he's now struggling with that as well last night. Um, okay. What about that? What about when Jonathan, uh, yeah, Jonathan VR was pinch hit for um, Joe panic comes in to hit for him. It looks like we, we get a shot and we're, you and I are both sitting there saying is, is VR packing up to leave? Is he pissed off? Um, I, I saw a tweet from Ben Nicholson Smith of Sportsnet who noticed the same thing. Um, but there's a lot of talk on Twitter and some confusion about whether or not it's COVID protocol. Uh, when you're taken out of a game this season that you get your stuff and you go and you sit in the stands, but there is confusion because I don't know, apparently that doesn't apply to pitchers because, you know, Shoemaker's still in the dugout after he gets taken out. Uh, apparently, people saw Danny Jansen still in the dugout after he was taken out. Um, so it's it's a bit of intrigue there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there calling for his head or that they never want to see him again or that he should be removed from the team if that was his reaction to being taken out and uh, leaving leaving his boys behind to go into the clubhouse. I don't know. What, what do you what, think about what, it? What happens if you are a fiery competitor and you believe in yourself and you believe in a big moment and you work your whole life to try to produce in a big moment and when you're taken out of a game and you believe that you shouldn't be, uh, what if you have just a fire inside of you that just you just need to get out? And so instead of blowing up in the dugout which would have been way worse scene you pack up your shit and you go into the clubhouse and you let it fucking rip in private i, I don't know I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy uh being so upset or triggered in a moment and needing to uh leave i, I mean it's maybe a bit of a weird gesture to pack your things up <laughs> and take it with you but hey man I'd rather have a guy who believes in himself so much and wants to win so badly that he's pissed off that when he comes out of a game than somebody that is, I don't know, thankful for being taken out because he's scared of the moment. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that helps him. Maybe 
Maybe he's an asshole. Maybe he's just mm. a fucking asshole and uh, people don't like him and he's butted heads with this team since he arrived here and it just hasn't been a good fit and he's ready for this season to end and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But we don't know. And I, I don't think that if it's just the fact that he was upset about being taken out and he decided to you know, go off and be by himself that he should be kicked off the team. Right. Well, I guess I, I hear what you're saying. And I guess for me, the question is, if he did need that time to go to the clubhouse and let it all out and it was better than ripping it up in the, in the, cl- in the dugout, did he come back? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I clocked him in the, <laughs> in the dugout or maybe he I didn't, punched the wall so hard he broke his hand. Like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Um, it's, it's definitely curious. I'm, I, if I was... I'm, I definitely would have liked to have asked about that if I was uh, on that Zoom thing and Rod let me talk or, or remember to unmute me. Uh, <laughs> the fuck, Rod? <laughs> what the fuck, Rod? Uh, sorry, we're just uh, laughing inside joke in, in the in the pr- press conference afterwards. Uh, Shai Davidi was not able to talk and uh, Charlie Montoya was like, oh, you're internet shy. And then there, the this the bar around the the TV came up, and you could see the whole Zoom menu. And there was a little chat that said, "Rod, you forgot to unmute me." A message from Shy that was there for the whole time. It was very enjoyable. Anyway, um, I, I, I'm kind of uh, we, we kind of talked about the game here, but I feel like I'm I'm I feel like I'm forgetting a little bit of what happened. I I feel like I I, I need a bit of a pick me up here to to kind of take me through and, and and get me back into it david i know that you uh were were just slamming some some keys into your phone last night while we were watching the game and you were kind of sloshing around those six or seven beers and and creating a little diary do you want to <laughs> you want to tell me what it was like for you inside your head while you were sitting next to me watching this game yeah we've talked about a lot of it but why not just dive right into the old game diary we haven't done one in a couple days so it's time for playoff baseball jays versus rays i'm feeling confident and restless and anxious and not confident it all begins with jacob dragging his 60 inch tv to his landlord peter's backyard so we could all watch the game together outside and not kill each other with the likely possibility that we're all carriers of the virus it's me jacob peter rose Brittany, and bruce jacob's dog who i must say is looking good damn bruce got all trimmed up it's a perfect setup and everything should be fine as long as it doesn't rain right I arrive and Jacob points to some snacks that he has for us, which seem to be Halloween candy from 2019. It's mini Doritos and assorted mini chocolate bars. And as Peter bites into one bag of nacho Doritos and says, these are pretty stale. Jacob is slightly defensive and insists that they're from the current calendar year. And the tension lingers long after the moment. But this is all secondary to the excitement I'm (laughs) feeling for game one. It's Blake Snell against Matt Shoemaker. In the first inning, Snell is looking dominant, high velocity, locating well strikes out Kevin and Vladdy Shoemaker is also locked in and the two starters trade zeros for the first three innings Matt Shoemaker is at a 35 pitch count after three innings and he's taken out for Robbie Ray and my mind is spinning as to why is he hurt 
Are, are they saving him for a possible game three? It makes no sense as he was dominating the Rays and had a low pitch count. And now Robbie Ray comes in and lets up a triple to a Rosarina. And then on a wild pitch that sort of looks like a pass ball, he scores and then it's one nothing Rays. It just happens so fast. The pitching change and the run. And I'm in a state of shock and anger towards Montoyo. And I can't get out of it until Jacob hands me a burger and fries he ordered from Rudy's or something. And it's one of the best burgers I've ever had. And the one good thing about the virus is it takes away the stress of having to offer others my fries because I'm a likely carrier of the virus. And I think people feel that. Man, Snell is just mowing us down. He's got nine Ks in the sixth inning and a no-hitter going. A discussion breaks out if Blake Snell looks more like a weasel or a sloth. And I'm the only one on Team Weasel. So to defend myself, I start Googling pictures of weasels and sloth. But in the end, we feel neither is right. And we start referring to him as Ratatouille. Until the hero, Puddin, Alejandro Kirk comes up in the sixth and smokes a single to right field to give us some life. And he breaks up the no-hitter. Okay, here we go. And Snell is out of the game at five and two-thirds. But doesn't get any easier with these flamethrowers that the Rays have in the bullpen. In the seventh, the Jays have two on for Joe Panic, and he lines it up the middle, but the Rays are positioned perfectly, and it's an easy out. Bottom half, and A.J. Cole, Crockfather on the hill, and Manuel Margot crushes a two-run dong to left. It's 3 nothing, and this lead feels impossible with the way our bats are looking. In the eighth, pinch hitter Rowdy Telez singles into center field. Up next, Biggio doubles, and it's two on for Bichette, who hits a sack fly to score Telez and it's 3-1 and Randall Grishuk smokes the line drive but it is right to Adamas who again is positioned perfectly and we just can't get it going. In the ninth, it starts to rain and we're trying to protect the TV from getting wet and also watch the game. So we move into the garage for the final two outs and likely to pass the virus back and forth, but it's all for naught. Jays can't score and it's a frustrating game and I can't let go of the tension. I want the next game to start immediately. I'm all fucked up on feelings, but more so crispy crunch. Cliff, you're dead to us. Let's go, Ryu. It's all up to you. Fucking Cliff. Yeah, fuck Cliff, man. Tries to do one thing, be a good luck charm for the team, and then boom, there you go. First time, done. I might even just edit this out so that there's no, there's not even ever mention of Cliff again in this show. You know, it would be well-deserved. It would be. Well, uh, well thank you for, for taking me through that. I don't know how I, I, we went as far as we did in this show without getting a, a refresher of what happened last night. And I can tell you it's made me angry all over again, David. I, I, I'll be honest. I thought you forgot about the game diary and we just weren't going to do it. I did. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> as soon as we started talking about the game in detail, I was like, well, we've moved past it. The ship is gone and I ain't doing this. Well, uh... I just, I guess, you know, we just were, we're having a little bit of a banter and suddenly we get deep into it because, because we're hardcore. <laughs> and that's what we do on Underdogs. We, we, we get into it. We break shit down. But I needed the game diary. I needed to, I needed to get reminded of where we're moving towards with, this, with the end of the game. Um, first of all, amazing. I loved seeing... Rowdy to Les, get back out there. I love Rowdy, and I loved seeing him get a hit. How about that? To come in, he hasn't faced a real pitcher other than who? Who, who are they saying he was uh, getting ready for yesterday and impressing? It was uh, Sean Reed Foley and oh yeah, uh, it was Reed Foley and uh, Merriweather. No, not Merriweather. 
wasn't it? It wasn't. I don't think it was Meriwether. It was Zoik. It was Zoik oh. and Reed Foley. Foley. <laughs> Reed Foley. <laughs> Is it Thirsty Thursday or here? Um, <laughs> no. So he went out there. He got the job done. It, it wasn't a big bomb, but uh, he got no, it. It was he, brought some life though. It started a it started a little rally because Ambigio yeah. doubles Bichette. And fuck the positioning of the Rays on defense. It's so frustrating. They're just right where they need to be all the time. It's one of those sneaky qualities of a team like that that you don't really see on paper, that you don't really consider going into a series. But like Grishik laced that ball into the hole. Oh yeah. Adamas yeah. right there. Joe Panic smoked the ball right up the middle. Adamas right there. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I feel like we actually, as the Blue Jays, you know, as, as inspiration from the Rays and with the kind of analytics that we run, I imagine that we actually are usually positioned pretty well as well, but we don't really have great defenders or <laughs> to be able to execute uh, as well as they do because they, they, they really do execute. But with Rowdy, Put put to bed some of the questions, too, about him. I mean, we didn't know if he was going to come into the game or not. We got to see him out there. And then he was the, the only run scored. That's he a really, was ripping around the bases. Well, that's the thing that I found so scary because ideally, Rowdy would crush a home run and trot around the bases. But if you're going to tag up from third on a, you know, a medium-range fly ball, it certainly wasn't that deep. Um, I was just like, oh, God, I hope his knee holds up. Yeah. I really felt in that moment, too, I mean, it's hard to be disappointed for someone driving in a run, but you know, Bo didn't get a hit that game, and that that was the spot right there. Yeah, it sure was. Um, I, I on the topic of Rowdy as well. I mean, it's going to be interesting tonight because today, I mean, today, yesterday, that game. No, no, today's game, tonight's game is a game that really brings it all back to perspective of what a a potential blow it has been to lose Vladimir Guerrero at third base because now today we're going to have to choose between Rowdy and Kirk as the bats and we're probably going to lose Kirk because Ryu is catching and Rowdy has the lefty bat going against the righty in glass now so we there isn't there isn't room for all three of them without Vladdy being able to play third base no, but I also think that you know Kirk is a nice bat to be able to come off the bench in a key moment late in the game, and yeah. I mean, but wouldn't it, you like to have all three of them have their bats in the game the whole time? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's 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 a pretty crazy thing that we're saying that about Alejandro <laughs> Kirk as well. That now we just he's like one of our best bats or one of our um, key bats because he seems to be one of the guys on the team that can hit heat. Yep, he can hit fastballs. Yes. Uh, I was just thinking, too, while we're talking about that, thinking about this lineup and, like, everything coming together. Last night, when we when I looked at the lineup, I'm like, fuck, that is a deep, deep stretch of hitters. You and I talked kind of later, and it, we were a bit surprised to see, first of all, Hernandez hitting, what was it, sixth? He hit sixth, and, and fortunately, he came up in two super key moments where there was men on second. And so it kind of worked out the fact that he was hitting sixth, but it was it is questionable that he was that far down in the lineup. Yeah. To me, maybe I, I could have switched Grichik and Hernandez, and that would have been a, a nice lineup for me. But it, it was kind of, it's kind of cool seeing the lineup. And basically, either the, through the top six, the top three, I feel like, can be the top of a lineup. And 
the four through six, I feel like is also a top of the lineup. It feels like we've got two tops of the lineups in a row of hitters that I'm all quite confident in. And then I was just thinking, if if things did go according to plan, plus we added Kirk and Rowdy or Vladdy was a third baseman, then instead of having VR in last night, you've got Biggio at second, and the lineup is the same as it is last night, but instead of having VR in, you've got Rowdy's bat in and Kirk. So then like your most unproven bat in that lineup is Alejandro Kirk. And how amazing that is and maybe what it could be next season. Or I guess not. We're not going to have Vladdy go back to third, but what the possibilities were when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was able to play third base is, is you can see why it was so extremely valuable and what a blow it was to have him go to first. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that 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 does sound like such a good lineup too. Right? You can able to have oh like God. Rowdy who can, you know, put the ball out of the yard at any any moment. Yes. And I still think that, you know, I know we're talking about next year. This year ain't done yet. And I still think, I still think this team can win this game tonight. I still think that there's a big moment for somebody. If you had to pick somebody on this team right now to have a big moment tonight offensively, what does your gut tell you? My man Rowdy. I think yeah. I think I think it's I think it's a rowdy kind of game, bro. I really <laughs> do. I don't know why. I think uh, I, I like I like the idea of him teeing up that curveball of Glasnow's. You know, something just hangs a little bit in that. You know that free and e- you know how easy it looks when he when he gets that sweet golf swing. It just goes straight up and it flies to to right center field deep oh my god i can i can i could see it coming i could see him having a couple of hits tonight because he's itching he hasn't been there for so long he wants to get up there and he wants to hit it um i can see that uh what about you yeah i was thinking the same thing i was thinking rowdy and now i'm just trying to be you know different in my mind but my gut (laughs) instinct is rowdy i i think that he just as soon as he came up on the team, he had this kind of special kind of couple week period. He was just mashing doubles all over yeah. the park. Rowdy and, two bags. Yeah, absolutely. He's he, there's just a certain thing about Rowdy that you think that he could have a moment like that. And if that moment is tonight, fuck yeah. I think I think you're gonna see a big bounce back from Kevin Biggio too. I get I get the feeling that he was really eaten up by uh, you know you hear hear him talking about how they changed the game plan for uh, what Snell came at him with, and he was expecting to be uh, attacked in a completely different way than he was. He was and se- he was what seething. He was yes. he was really. One thing I found interesting about him in the post game was he was saying Snell's velocity was down. It didn't seem down to me. I don't know. No. Uh, it seemed like he was gunning it. Yeah, it, it seemed like that to me as well. But uh, I think the three strikeouts from him, I could really see see him having a big bounce back from that. Maybe not in a big hit game, but if if he can get on base, you know, that's I think they're going to get after it in the first inning. They're going to get a little I, energy. That dugout's going to start to go. I need that. I need yeah. that big time. Tell me. Tell me. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the lineup. What what's the lineup you want to see tonight? Do you have any ideas of of uh, of an order of who you want to see in there? Do you go to panic? Do you go to? I mean, yeah, you got to go to panic tonight. VR had his night last night to with the with the righty going against lefty, and now it's panic. I'm putting time, Alejandro Kirk at second base. I'm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be panic, and in terms of the order. 
Yeah, maybe kind of what we said. Maybe go uh, Biggio, Bichette, Hernandez, Vladdy. Man, I've already burned over Guriel. Wow. Yeah. There's so many bats on this team, man. There's so many good bats. So let's go Biggio, Bichette, Hernandez, Guriel, Guerrero, Grishik, Rowdy, and then Panic Jansen, I guess. Okay, I can dig that. I'm thinking, and uh, this is just off the top of my head. I haven't thought about this, but I'm thinking we go Cavan, then Bichette, Guriel, Rowdy, cleanup, then Tay Oscar, then Vladdy, sixth, Grichik, seven, Panic, eight, Jansen, nine. I'd almost be more interested in putting Panic, ninth, and putting Jansen, eighth. Uh huh. Just like then a slightly you, more capable bat to try to turn that lineup over. Just better contact. You go two lefties in a row then, though, from nine to one, which is a, it's a bit of an easier game plan with, with your relievers that they can bring in against that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. So we, 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 we've talked about who we want to see. Let's, let's just try and get hype again here tonight. We got, look, we have a better pitcher going tonight. Hunjin Ryu is our man. He's, Pitching wasn't the issue last night. No. No, it wasn't. Pitching was great. Well, pitching was the issue. The pitching was too good on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I am obviously, I'm less confident in Glass now than I, than I am in Snell. So I'm, I'm hoping that the Blue Jays can get to him. I believe in this lineup. I think we're one of the better lineups in Major League Baseball. Yes, we're young, but uh, I still think if we can get into it and we can get hot, all it takes for us is a couple of hits. Because when we get a couple of hits going and these guys feel it and they get confident and they start telling each other what they're seeing, the floodgates open. And I think we can make that happen. I think regardless of whether or not pitching was the issue, I do think Ryu is a better pitcher. He's a proven pitcher. He's been in the postseason time and time again. Is this is this Glasnow's first postseason appearance? Did he go last season? I can't remember if he was hurt or not or what was going on with him last year. Yeah, I'm not sure either. In any case, big, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess the big question is, Jacob, tomorrow morning on Thirsty Thursday on Underdogs, are we toasting a victory? And a hope for an elimination game three, or are we toasting the end of a season? I'm look. I'm I'm pre-drinking for game three tomorrow. <laughs> We're getting hype. Okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be a win. I know we called it being a win last night, but I feel I feel just as confident tonight, even though I'm I'm, I'm beat down from last night. I, I do believe in this team, and I think we're gonna be celebrating tomorrow morning and getting ready for game three. What about you? I knew. Yes, 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 yes. We're going to be toasting a victory, and we're going to be all ramped up. We're going to start drinking at 10 a.m., and we're going to watch the Blue Jays take the series, and we're going to go face the Yankees in the next round. Oh, baby. All right, everybody. You have been listening to Underdogs. It was a postseason edition. We will be back here tomorrow no matter what happens, and we will be drinking. 